On today's Cigar Dave show, we'll devote the entire show to the passing of Queen Elizabeth and coronation of King Charles III. Are you kidding me? No chance in hell we'll spend the whole show talking about them. We won't talk about them at all. It's over. But we will talk about the new Weller by Cohiba cigar. Boston Celtics head coach Emmy Aduko suspended. An attack on men continues. St. Louis TV anchor and radio host gets whacked after derogatory meltdown with female co-host. HBO Max engaged in revisionist history. And the Beyond Meat COO can't survive solely on vegan fake meat. The Cigar Dave Show is presented by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the new Gurkha Revenant, the five-country fusion of exceptionally aged tobaccos, will immediately jumpstart your senses for a cigar journey that only Gurkha can deliver. Offered in both Corojo, Maduro, and now Connecticut presentations. Fire up a new Gurkha Revenant today. Visit GurkhaCigars.com and by Davidoff of Geneva and their Avo portfolio of cigars, including the Avo Heritage, crafted through centuries of traditions. Avo Heritage was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar with strength, complexity, and impeccable smoothness. Savor every note of the spice-laden Avo Heritage, available at DavidoffGeneva.com. This is the Cigar Dave Show with the General. Long Ash greetings and salutations, a Long Ash snappy salute, Semper Delictatio, always pleasure, long live the Alpha, make masculinity great again, screw the enemies of pleasure, and red wave, big time, come November 8th, Election Day. It is your global five-star General Alpha Male-in-Chief, Cigar Day, front and center, as always, from Humidor 1A Command Center Alpha. The last few weeks have been fantastic. My Syracuse Orangemen are 3-0, and they didn't play cupcake teams. They didn't play like Ishpeming State. They played Louisville to start, and they played uh, Purdue, and they played another team that escapes me right off the bat. But they are 3-0, and and my Buffalo Bills are 2-0. Absolute, total, complete annihilation of the Los Angeles Sheep, the Rams, and then last week, Monday night, this past week on Monday Night Football, the Tennessee Titans absolutely mauled and destroyed. We play the Dolphins, the Miami Flippers this Sunday, tomorrow. Cannot wait for that. All right, let's talk about a... We are in National Bourbon Heritage Month. We celebrate all things bourbon and and American whiskeys the entire month on Bold Alpha as well as here on the Cigar Dave Show. Weller by Cohiba, blended with barrel-aged broadleaf, just released by General Cigar, and it is a cigar designed to be paired with Weller bourbon. Now, Weller bourbon is a weeded bourbon. So it does use corn, but instead of rye, they use wheat. So it's a softer, smoother, a little bit mellower bourbon whiskey, but it is absolutely fantastic. In fact, it comes from the Buffalo Trace Distillery, some of the brands from that distillery, Buffalo Trace, of course, Eagle Rare, one of my favorites, E.H. Taylor, George Stagg, Elmer T. Lee, Weller, 
just a uh, ton of great brands that come out of that distillery. And Weller, one of the most magnificent. Well, what Cohiba did last year, they took a cigar. It originally came out in 2021 with a different blend. Very successful, very limited. And this year, the 2022 release is meant to be paired with Weller Weeded Bourbon. Little different blend this year. The binder leaf is aged in the Weller barrels, the used Weller barrels. So it imparts some of that Weller bourbon taste. Not overwhelming. It's not going to be like you're smoking a cigar that totally tastes like bourbon. But when you age a component of the cigar blend in bourbon barrels, the Weller barrels, you're going to get some of that imparted into the cigar tobaccos. Now, this cigar, the Weller by Cohiba, limited edition size, one size only, a Toro, six inches in length with a 50 ring gauge or 50 64ths of an inch in diameter. It uses, starts off with an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, nice dark wrapper, a barrel-aged Connecticut broadleaf binder, and fillers from the Dominican Republic, Nicaragua, and Honduras. So it is a five-country blend. So you know it's going to be a very complex-tasting cigar. General Cigar did not release how long the Connecticut broadleaf binder was aged in the Weller barrels. But suffice to say, it is enough time to impart part of that bourbon flavor into the binder, into the broadleaf binder. Every cigar, the Weller by Cohiba, suggested retail, $24.99. So $25, bucks, box 10. I'm looking at the box right now. Beautiful packaging. It's too bad they didn't put a little bottle of Weller along in there to enjoy with all those 10 cigars. But a very nice box. Uh, and every cigar, every Weller by Cohiba comes in its own small coffin case. So very nice presentation. Makes a great gift. I have got some in my humidor now that just arrived, and I cannot wait to smoke that. Maybe I'll make that a victory cigar after either tomorrow's or today's Syracuse victory or tomorrow's Buffalo Bills big win over the Miami Flippers. We shall see. But Weller by Cohiba, available now right in time for National Bourbon Heritage Month. Let me talk about an attack on men. We have seen the Me Too movement that really has gotten, in my estimation now, out of control. Now, I do not condone any type of male pig, such as Harvey Weinstein, or Weinstein who used his position as a big-time Hollywood producer to try to bang everything in sight. You know, have women come up to his hotel room, and the guy's not a good-looking guy. He can't, let's just, let's just call, call it what it is. If he didn't have money, he wouldn't get a lick of puss. Not one. He couldn't get laid in a whorehouse for money. But as a big-time Hollywood producer, powerful guy, I can get women in, in, in I, can, I can make their careers, I can help them with their careers. He used that to schnup as many women as he could. Now, I've always said there is a difference if two people are attracted, they meet at work, they have a consensual relationship, no problem. Do I think it's a great idea? Not necessarily. Unless you go to your boss and say, look, we're in a relationship. We want to be moved into separate departments so that there's no issues. 
The reality is today, where do people spend most of their time? At work, in a work setting, in a work environment. So if you're, if you're working 8, 9, 10 hours a day, and you are socializing with people of the opposite sex, whether it's male and female or female and male, chances are along the way you may become attracted to someone. And chances are you could engage in a relationship. We see it happen very often. Now, I don't recommend it if you are married and then you start banging the first thing in sight. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about two people who are single, engage in a consensual relationship, no problem. But when you see these scumbags, like a Harvey Weinstein, or Les Moonves, who was the former CEO of CBS, where he had his casting couch and was banging everything in sight and basically using his position of power to elevate someone's career that he wanted to stoop or hold back someone's career that said no to him. Those are scumbags. I'm not talking about those guys. Those are absolute scumbags. But in a workplace environment, if you have two people who are single that engage in a romantic liaison, a sexual liaison, no problem. Now, with the Me Too movement, unfortunately, it has gone way overboard. If you smile at a woman the wrong way, I feel sexually attacked. I feel sexually marginalized. Cut the bullshit, please. Women are not these frail humans that they like to portray themselves. What do we always hear about women? We need to break the male glass ceiling. We are women, hear us roar. We want to break the glass ceiling. Fine, they have. 60% of college graduates today are women. 57% of women that go on to get a master's degree, or 57% of the people that get a master's degree are women. 53% that get a PhD, a postdoctoral degree, are women. They represent the majority now on college campuses. This fallacy that men are holding women down is 100% pure bullshit. Total bullshit. Nobody's stopping women now from being CEOs, from being bankers, lawyers, doctors, scientists, mathematicians, astronauts, politicians. The world is their oyster to the detriment of males and men. We have seen this. Why do we see a majority of women today that are college graduates, master's degree holders, and PhDs? Very simple. For the last 40 years, the feminist movement, the national organization of ugly women that can't get laid, have made a concerted effort to demonize every male in this country and around the world. Every boy that is born is ultimately, in their eyes, a future sexual predator. We have seen school teachers spend more time with women, or correction, girls. Girls in grade school, girls in high school. Why do we see the large number of men that don't even go to college? The number of men that basically become fuck-ups? Very simple. For the last 40 years, in schools, teachers have devoted more time, more encouragement to girls rather than boys. 
Now, there's also the fact that we see more divorced families, more boys that don't have an alpha male role model, that aren't pushed, that aren't encouraged, that are basically sloughed off along the way as being stupid, being lazy. All the attention and doting goes to girls. And so what happens? All these mass shootings we see, who are they? It's the same type of personality characteristics. Loners, boys that are rejected at school, boys that are marginalized, boys that are angry. And what do they do? They lash out. They play video games, and then they go lash out. We didn't see this in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, even in the 80s. It's all tied to the feminist movement that has demonized boys, encouraged girls. I have no problem with girls having equal opportunity. No problem at all. But I do have a problem when boys in school are marginalized, when they're put to the side, when girls are encouraged and boys are demonized. I got a huge fucking problem with that. And I guarantee you do too. And maybe I'm the only one that has the balls to actually call it out in the manner in which I am doing. But it must be called out. And what also must be called out is this Me Too movement that has gone overboard. And now we're seeing people, men and women, that are engaged in consensual, romantic, and sexual relationships. One is in course. It takes two to tango. It's not the man saying, spread your legs, woman. No. It's the romantic liaison between two attracted an attracted man and attracted woman. They're attracted to each other. They get together, and you know what's going to happen. Now, there's a possibility things work out. They get married, or they're in a long-term relationship. Wonderful. And then there's a possibility it could break up, and you know what happens in breakups. Some are good. Some are, are not good. Some can get nasty. Okay, fine. That's life. That's how it works. We've all been in relationships where it's ended. Some were like, listen, it's mutual. It's not happening. Others where you say, look, I, you know, I just don't want to date you. You're just not my type anymore, or I just don't see it going forward. And the other party gets all angry and gets nasty, gets, gets vindictive. What's the old adage? There's nothing like the... A, what was, uh, uh, it was one of the movies, too. John Voight. Uh, Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. And, and, and it was in The Firm. I'll never forget. He goes, Yana, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. And that is true. We've got a case here of Boston Celtics head coach Emmy Aduko. Last year, in his first year as head coach of the Boston Celtics, took the team to the NBA Finals where they lost to the Golden State Warriors. Apparently, Emmy Aduko had what they're calling, the Celtics are calling an improper relationship with a staff member. And news of the scandal broke Thursday with reports that head coach Emmy Aduko had a, and I'm repeating here, consensual affair with a female member of the Celtics staff. Consensual relationship. Man, woman. Man's pecker gets excited. Woman's vajayjay gets wet. They have romantic liaison. Consensual affair. Bada bing, bada boom. They bang. Wonderful. And this has been going on for a while. In fact, the Boston Celtics became aware of the relationship back in July. They didn't have a problem. 
He's not married. He's in a relationship with somebody else, some other woman, but not married. He's got a kid, not married. So therefore, if somebody is uh, uh, actress Nia Long, I don't even know who she is. Let me do a quick search on that. Nia Long. Let me see what she looks like. Nia Long. Sergeant Steve, do you know who she is? I do not. I'm looking here. Oh, yeah. Okay. She's known for roles in the film Boys in the Hood, Love, uh, Love Jones, Soul Food, um, Big Mama's House, and the sequel Big Mama's House. Oh, okay. yeah, I know her. I know, I yeah, now that I look her at name, her, but... I know exactly who she is. Yeah, cute gal. Okay. No problem. So she's got uh, two kids, I think one kid with Emmy Aduko. Okay, but meanwhile, they're not married. So he started having an affair with a staffer with the Boston Celtics. No problem. Consensual. Takes two to tango. The Boston Celtics learned about the relationship in July. We're now in September. Three months later, they didn't have a problem. Apparently, Aduko, or Aduka, Sergeant Steve, do you know the correct pronunciation? Is it Aduko or Aduka? I believe it's Aduka. Aduka, okay. So M.A. Aduka ends up somewhere along the line, either she broke up, he broke up, the relationship ends, whatever it is, but apparently Aduka makes unwanted comments towards the woman, and that's when the Boston Celtics got involved. So let me, this is what I'm deciphering. I'm going to play Sherlock Holmes here. I'm going to play Columbo. What were some of the, uh, I'm going to play Jim Rockford, you know, some of the other great private eyes of television, television lore. Barnaby Jones. So what I gather here is they were both consensually banging. Everything was great. Emmy Aduko is all happy. This gal, this dame is all happy. They're banging. They got a relationship. Everything's fine. Somewhere along the line, one breaks up with the other. Or it just deteriorates. Or who knows what happens. It just ran its course. And somewhere in, a, in, in, in an angry moment, Aduka, when he said made unwanted comments, who knows? Maybe when they had got into an argument, he called her a bitch. He called her some other nasty name. Who knows? And I'll guarantee you she then went to the Boston Celtics management and said, he made unwanted comments, I feel sexually harassed. Now, and this is after this broad has been banging him for who knows how long. Could be a month, could be a week, could be a year, who knows? Oh, I'm sorry. When you are in a consensual relationship, and it ends, and maybe he does say something. Listen, there have been plenty of women that have said nasty things also. She should suck it up, say, listen, we both work for the same organization. You're not happy about it. I get it. Let's be professional. It was a good time while it lasted, and that's that. And the reality is it probably would have been the end of it. But nope, she most likely went to the team and filed some sort of grievance or report. Now, there is no indication that she did not spread her legs involuntarily. She was involved in a consensual relationship. So when they banged, consensual. He didn't rape her. He didn't attack her. 
He didn't do any of the things that some of these Me Too accusations of these scumbags are made along the way. Not at all. In, in, there is no evidence that this was not consensual. But when they say the team became aware of the relationship back in July, it was only after Aduka made unwanted comments toward the woman they got involved. So clearly she went to management and said, I was harassed by the head coach. So after the team launched a set of internal interviews and after a closed-door meeting on Thursday with team owners and President Brad Stevens, who, by the way, was the team's last head coach, they decided to suspend Aduco for an entire season. I'm sorry. That's excessive. First of all, there should be no suspension. Now, I'd like to know what the unwanted comments are. Unless he threatened to kill her, which I highly doubt. If he called her names or said, you're a bitch, you're a C-word, you're this, you're that, whatever. I'm sorry, that doesn't merit a suspension for a year. And the reality is they're probably going to fire him. Because they said, well, it's a year, but we haven't determined his future. Let me translate. They're going to fire his ass, even though he's a successful head coach. This Me Too movement has gone way the fuck too far. It's gone way the fuck overboard. She consensually had a relationship with the head coach of the Boston Celtics. And by the way, why don't we learn their names? It's amazing. They can always hide behind, oh, well, we have to protect them. I'm sorry. If you make an accusation, your name ought to be out there. The only one right now that's out there is Emmy Aduko. He's the only one. Why don't we see, why doesn't the woman come out and why don't they name her? This bullshit where, oh, we don't want to name her. I'm sorry. If you're going to accuse someone, you're going, to, you're going to publicly state that they either did a criminal activity or harassed you or whatever the case, you ought to be named. Takes two to tango. And I know women will say, oh, but the women will be afraid to come out. Well, we've seen many instances during this Me Too movement where men are accused and it turns out they're innocent of what they're accused of. Put people's names out. You accuse someone, you're the accuser, your name ought to be out publicly as well. So the team suspends him for a year. Now, the team, the first thing they should have said is to her is, okay, you had a consensual relationship, correct? Did he, did he rape you? No. Did he force you and tie you down? No. Did he force you to get in a relationship? No. How long did the relationship last? That we don't know. At which point, I would have stated, well, that's fine. Okay, so you had a relationship. It didn't end well. You're not happy. Okay. Well, then here's what we're going to do. We're going to make sure he has no contact. We will move you to a position where you have no contact with him. I wouldn't have suspended him, period. These are two adults that decided they wanted to fuck. I mean, it's, if you want to put it basic and simple, that's really what it boils down to. But now consensual banging is a crime. And if you break up and you say something that a woman deems derogatory and you go to the employer, well, now all of a sudden, we're going to have to suspend the male that was part of the relationship. She was in it voluntarily, totally consensual. 
And now this guy's career, he spent 10 years as an assistant coach, one year successful Boston Celtics head coach. Now this nobody's going to hire this guy now as a head coach, maybe not as an assistant, because teams don't want to, no organization wants to handle it because they deem it too hot. For all we know, he could have said, listen, you dumb bitch, go fuck yourself. Go jump off a bridge. Who knows? Maybe he said that. Is that grounds for termination? No. People get angry all the time. I'd like to know what he said. I think the team ought to release who what's the name of this person? She can just hide behind the 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 the, the you know the the partition and say, well, he made threatening comments to me. He he harassed me after we broke up. So she still has her job, no no consequence to her. Again, takes two to tango, but now he's out of a job, suspended for a year, and he came out saying, I want to apologize to our players, fans, the entire Celtics organization, and my family for letting them down. I'm sorry for putting the team in this difficult situation. I accept the team's decision. Out of respect for everyone involved, I will have no further comment. For all we know, he could have broken up with her. She got pissed, said all sorts of things, and then maybe he retaliated back with a statement. But again... Women are always to be believed. What do we hear Hillary Clinton say? Always believe the woman no matter what. You know, Duke University made the big mistake of believing a woman that accused a, a, what, three, four, five Duke College lacrosse players of raping her, and it turned out to be 100% total fabricated bullshit. I'm sick and tired of the Me Too movement now where if a man says something a little bit that, 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 that retaliates and says something in the heat of anger, then all of a sudden, you got to destroy him, cancel him, destroy his career, destroy his family, destroy his career, destroy his reputation. This is nonsense. And it's about time that men stand up, that we as alphas say, enough's enough. Legitimate Me Too guys, people that have been, women that have been harassed, that have been victimized, that's legit. But now everything is categorized as that. You get into a, a, a verbal argument with a woman. Maybe you say some things in the heat of anger, and now all of a sudden you're going to be canceled. Sorry, that's bullshit. That's unacceptable. Enough is enough. There's a difference between legitimate scumbags, legitimate predators, and men who get railroaded with this Me Too movement because now teams feel, oh, we've got to, we've got to show that we are pro-women. I'm sorry. You know what? How about standing up saying what he said was unacceptable? We talked to him, talked to her. They were both in a consensual relationship. What he said we deem unacceptable. He apologized for it. We're going to make sure they have no contact hereafter. And that's the end of it. There's no reason to suspend him, not even for a game, not even for a, an hour. But this is the environment we now live in. Women love to hide behind, we are strong, we're women, hear us roar, we're breaking the glass ceiling, the male glass ceiling. They love to, to spout that. But yet all of a sudden, when the shit hits the fan a little bit, and maybe they, they, they get involved in some verbal argument or something happens, all of a sudden they want to play, oh, we're just a little woman. We're the victim. We're just a little woman. We're going to hide behind the Me Too movement. You can't have it both ways.
You know, this nonsense where companies are actually conducting training where they state, and I'm not bullshitting this, that when you talk to women, when a male talks to a woman, you shouldn't look them in the eye because that could be construed as a suggestive glance. If you look at a woman in the eye, you could be gawking at them. I'm sorry, I was learned when somebody's speaking to you, you look them in the eye. You don't look down, you don't look up, you don't look to the right, you don't look to the left. And by the way, I've seen people that do that. They're looking everywhere but you. Don't trust them. You look them in the eye. If a woman's talking to me, I'm looking at her. If a man's talking to me, I'm looking at him. This bullshit that, oh, it's a suggestive glance, it could be misconstrued that you want to fuck her, come on! Enough of this bullshit. It is time as alpha males, as the male species, we rise up and say enough is enough. Enough that we are blamed for every woman's problem. Enough that if a woman misconstrues what we say, or we say something that she doesn't like, then all of a sudden she's harassed and hashtag me too. And I'm going to go to our, my boss and I want him fired. It has gone way overboard. Women can't have it both ways. Ladies, if you want to break the glass ceiling and you want to be the CEOs of companies or presidents or managers, whatever the case is, of a business, of a company, then as part of that, you're going to have to suck it up a little bit because people in the real world, every so often, may get angry. They may say something. You can't just all of a sudden say, oh, I'm breaking the glass ceiling, but now I feel harassed. I'm going to report you. Women, it's amazing. They've grown a set of balls when it comes to career advancement, college education, standing up for themselves. Yet all of a sudden, when there's a little argument or there is something they deem to be offensive, they wilt like a dead leaf. They fold and they wilt. The I am woman, hear me roar, all of a sudden becomes a little mouse. It's time for men to stand up and say enough's enough. And if I'm the owner of the Celtics, I look and I talk to her and I said, were you involved in this relationship consensually? Yes, I was. Did he threaten you to get into a relationship? No. Were you attracted to him romantically and sexually? Yes. So when you slept together and you dated, it was not coerced or forced? No. But when we broke up, he said some nasty things to me. I would have looked and said, okay, I understand that. No problem. We are going to make sure you no longer have any contact with him. And you should not have any contact with him. He's not going to have contact with you. You don't have contact with him. Now, I've seen cases where companies have stated to a man, you can't have contact with her. But the woman continues. I saw, actually, I, I witnessed this at a company I work for, where, again, same thing. They were in a relationship. It ended. She went to the management and said, you know, he, he, we were in a relationship, and it's not working, and I'm not comfortable. And they said, okay, well, we'll move him. We're going to even physically move his office. We have told him to have no contact with you, which he abided by, but she kept going over. And, of course, there are cameras all over the place. And they spotted her going into his office, or, you know, cubicle, walking over on a continual basis. And then she had the dumb audacity 
to say, well, he's still harassing me. And they said, okay, well, how's he? Well, he's coming up to me. He's bothering me. And they looked at the tape, and they saw he never, he never went anywhere near where she works, not even anywhere close to the part of the building, but she kept drifting over purposely. And they called her out on it. We need more executives, both men and women, with balls to say, I'm sorry. You got into a personal spat. Maybe you both work together in the same, same company, but we're not going to suspend someone. We're not going to kill their career. That's it. You engaged in a consensual relationship. End of story. Brad Stevens, the president of the Boston Celtics, whoever owns the, I don't even know who owns the Boston Celtics, all a bunch of fucking pussies. They rolled over. Because you know what would have happened? She would have threatened a lawsuit. Oh, I'm going to threaten a lawsuit. I'd say, fine, threaten the lawsuit. You fucked him voluntarily and, and, and consensually. We, did, you didn't, we didn't force you to do it. You did. And just because he said something to you, you broke up, that was in the specter of a personal relationship, even though you both happen to work for the same company. We need companies to stand up and say enough's enough. And if a woman sues them, fight them right back and call it out and say, excuse me, we're going to put you on the stand and we're going to put you through the ringer. You banged him voluntarily. You dated him consensually. But this nonsense of this Me Too movement has to, I mean, just the excessiveness, it's gone way overboard. The pendulum has shifted way too far, and we need now people to say enough is enough. You and I have the alpha male balls. The problem is most people in the world don't, and that is a huge issue. Shame on the Celtics. Look, Emmy Aduko, Aduko made a stupid decision. There's the old adage, don't dip your pen in the company inkwell. There's plenty of broads in Boston, plenty of dames. They're on every street corner, plenty of hot women. I always tell people, bang who you want, but you're better off to bang someone outside work than inside. But the reality is today, when people are spending most of their waking time at work, we're going to see more and more relationships that happen. You can't stop it. That's just nature. It's the birds and the bees, my friends. That's how it works. And I'll tell you what else, the way something else works. Me enjoying a great cigar and a great libation during the International Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony coming up next. Question I receive most from connoisseurs. General, what is the newest cigar that I should try? Easy answer. Right now, it's the Gurkha Revenant. Very unique addition to the Gurkha portfolio. It comes in two different wrappers, a Corojo or a San Andrean Maduro wrapper. But what is unique about the Gurkha Revenant? It uses essentially the same Cameroon binder and some broadleaf in the filler. So you're going to get some unique sweetness. You're going to get some unique spice. The San Andres Maduro wrapper adds more sweetness with a little bit more of a unique complexion, whereas the Corojo, more of a medium-bodied balance smoke. Try one of each. You can't go wrong. The brand-new Gurkha Revenant, available in Corojo and San Andres Maduro wrapper. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. I have my accoutrements in front of me, my litation device. I've got my cutter. 
and I just pulled out my cigar. Now today, because we are going to be, we're still celebrating National Bourbon Heritage Month, enjoying American bourbons, American whiskeys for the rest of September, I need a cigar that has an American theme that will pair up nicely with the spirit that I have selected. One of the great American tabaqueros, little Buckeye cigar manufacturers is located on Cayocho, Southwest 8th Street, Little Havana, Miami, El Titan de Bronze. Owned by Sandy Cobus, longtime friend. She makes cigars not only for herself, but several other brands as well, including La Palina. La Palina traces its roots back to the Paley family. And William Paley, when his father was, I think, overseas on business, they owned a cigar factory, La Polina Cigars, and he had this brilliant idea to advertise at the time on radio on the Columbia Broadcasting System. Well, it was such a hit and moved so many cigars that William Paley said, hmm, maybe we should go in and buy the Columbia Broadcasting System, which became CBS, and eventually got into TV, and the rest is history. And so Bill Paley, the son of William Paley, about, uh, oh, it's got to be at least 15 years ago, decided he was going to bring back the La Polina brand, and he's done so successfully. And one of the cigars that was the original, in the original lineup, was the La Polina Family Series. Great-looking cigar, initially made by Greycliff. Now it is produced by El Titan de Bronze in Miami, and the La Polina Family Series Miami is just a great blend that starts off with an Ecuadorian Corojo 98 wrapper, an Ecuadorian Habano binder, and Nicaraguan fillers. It is an unfinished cigar at the foot. means it has a shaggy foot. It's not cut, but it's a very elegant. To me, it's a very cool touch on the cigar. And people say, well, what do I do with this end? It's, it's a shaggy type foot. Do I cut it? No, you just light it. You puff and rotate. I'm looking at this shaggy foot. I'm going to light it, and it's going to just smoke like every other normal cigar. So very nice. Uh, this is what I consider to be a nice medium-bodied cigar, but nice flavors. Highly sought after, very tough to get. When I go down to see Sandy, she's like, oh, these are for La Polina. You can't touch those. I'm like, listen, I know Bill Paley. I know all the key guys over at La Polina. I can get away with taking one. And I do. Now, this is suggested retail of $21. This is the Pasha. It's a Churchill. Seven inches in length with a 50 ring gauge. This has a sentimental attachment for me because my uh, our first German Shepherd growing up, his name, we had him for 14 years, was Pasha. P-A-S-H-A. That is a Turkish title of nobility. A Pasha. And the reason they named it the Pasha, the La Polina Family Series Miami Pasha, is because Bill told me that growing up, they called their father William the Pasha. He was the leader. So Pasha, very noble noble title. He was a great dog that we had growing up, German Shepherd. Every day at 3 o'clock, he would go right to the front door until my mother opened the front door, sat, waited for my sister and I to come back from school. Wonderful dog. Had him for 14 years. That's where my love of German Shepherds began. And so today, sentimental attachment. Not only did we have a great dog growing up named Pasha, but the La Polina Family Series Miami Pasha, my cigar of choice today. 
Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready for action. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. From the Cigar Dave R&D Laboratories, I have got my favorite. This is the five-star, named after me, of course. Five jet butane flames arranged in a pentagon shape. Nice translucent tank, built-in cigar piercer or bullet cut. Beautiful job. Outside, inside, this is what I shall use today on this La Polina Family Series Miami Pasha. Cigar, cigar pre-lighting checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut, as always, by this five-star. And let me go ahead and just get rid of the cap here. Stand by. Okay. Got the cap done. The beautiful oh, the cigar. The aroma on this thing is just... Even as I just look at this cigar, it is a beauty made down in Miami, Little Havana, Cayocho. And if you ever get a chance, you're visiting Miami, go over to LT Tonda Bronze. They have a little store there. You can see all the rollers rolling their great cigars. And ask for Sandy, and you tell her, the general, Cigar Dave sent you. She'll take extra good care of you. Guaranteed. One of my favorite people. Whenever I go down, I always spend a few hours down at El Teton de Bronze with Sandy and her crew. Have a little Cafe Cubano. We have some cigars. We talk. Uh, we shoot the bull. And that's really when you think about cigars, what it's all about. Spending great time with great people. All right. So now I have got my cigar. So let me go throttle up here. And let me just toast this. Now, again, this has a shaggy foot. It's uncut. Now, what happens normally is when they roll a cigar, when the rollers roll a cigar, they will cut the foot because, again, it comes out of the press. They roll it, and they want to make it, let's say it's a 7-inch cigar. Usually when they comes out of the press, it may be 8 inches, 7 inches. So they'll just cut the, the foot, and that's how you get a nice, even foot. This, in the Pasha case, the La Polina Family Series Mommy Pashas, they're uncut. So it looks on the wild side. Almost like the end of a backwoods smoke. All right, now I'm toasting the foot of this cigar, again, taking my time. And it's no difference. You still start, the wrapper starts about maybe a half inch from the foot. So now I'm lighting the binder and the filler. Now I'm at the wrapper and I'll puff and rotate. Mmm. Oh, yeah. Mmm. Medium notes. Toast the foot, of, or the blow on the foot of the cigar. Perfect, even amber glow. Oh, the aroma is just wafting around me. Take a puff here. Hmm. Definite spiciness, almost uh, a little coffee-like note on the palate, with a little bit of sweetness. This is a beautiful-looking cigar. Twenty-one bucks. So this is super premium cigar, rolled down in Miami by grade top-grade rollers that originally came from Cuba. And El Titan de Bronze has expanded. They used to have maybe four rollers. Then they had eight. Now I think there are about uh, 12 or 15 rollers. They're, they're rolling great cigars, great tobacco. Great place to go visit. All right. My La Polina Family Series Mommy Pasha is lit. And now I need a proper accoutrement. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. 
All right. It is National Bourbon Heritage Month. We're celebrating it on the Cigar Dave Show and our brother podcast, Bold Alpha. By the way, if you've not subscribed to Bold Alpha, do a search wherever you listen to your podcasts. Bold Alpha, two words. Make sure you subscribe. Give us a five-star review. Every Thursday, we release our weekly spirits celebration segment. And for the entire month of September, along with Tommy D, Tommy Diadio, the Corona Cigar Store and Lounges in Orlando, Tampa, we have been sampling some great American bourbons and whiskeys. And we'll do a full big, big show next week where we're actually going to be sampling about five or six different single barrels, and we're going to select a single barrel that will be sold at the Corona Cigar Stores. So uh, it's going to be a, a combination between Tommy D and myself, Cannot wait to get to that. I think we're I think we're doing Four Roses or we're doing Knob Creek. We haven't nailed it. We've got both of them. We'll see which one we want to sample first. But in any event, I have pulled out Bowman Brothers. This is a boutique distillery in Virginia. And the brothers John J. Abraham, Joseph, and Isaac Bowman were Virginia military officers in the American Revolutionary War. This handcrafted bourbon that I have in my hands is really a tribute to their heroism. It is distilled three times. It uses corn, rye, malted barley. Let me open that. We will pour that. Oh, yes. This has a nice, deep amber color, almost a rosado, an orangish color. When you look at the, the, the bottle, it says, Copper Still Triple Distillation, Bowman Brothers Pioneer Spirit, Virginia Straight Bourbon, whiskey, small batch, product of Virginia, 90 proof, 45% alcohol by volume. But when you look in the back of the bottle, the back label actually contains pictures. Uh, one, giant, one picture of John, Abraham, Joseph, and Isaac Bowman with their muskets during the American Revolutionary War. Very, very interesting. And their distillery is located in Spotsylvania County, Fredericksburg, Virginia. So they distill and bottle their own spirits. So they have their own distillery. They are not buying it from another producer. So let me swirl it around. Oh, wow. Getting some nice maple right on the nose. Hmm. And this has won, this spirit has won multiple awards. It won the double gold medal in the San Francisco World Spirits Competition in 2020. First place in the International Whiskey Competition in 2020. The gold medal in the North American Bourbon and Whiskey Competition 2020. Well, this thing has won a ton of awards. Let me say cheers and I'll take a sip. Mm. Oh, that's good. Got a lot of warmth, a lot of heat going down. Woo! Definitely getting some cinnamon on the back of the throat, the front of the tongue, some vanilla. Getting a lot of that wood, that bourbon, that the 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 oak from the bourbon barrel. Very nice. Take a puff here of my La Folina. Take another sip. Stand by. Oh, this is nice. Now, this is a medium, medium full. On a scale of 1 to 10, it's, I would say it's about an 8. This will go nicely with a medium to full-bodied cigar. Perfect combination between my La Polina Family Series Miami Pasha and the Bowman Brothers Small Batch Virginia Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Very, very nice. All right. 
as I enjoy this when we come back. We talked about, just prior to the International Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony, talking about the Boston Celtics head coach suspended, that I felt that is an attack on men. It was a consensual relationship. When we come back, we're going to play some audio of a St. Louis TV anchor and radio host who has an absolute meltdown. What he did is unacceptable. And he proves that he is a wussified beta by a statement he makes during his meltdown between commercials. And we'll play that and talk about that around the corner. I had the pleasure of knowing the late, great Avo Uvesian, the man behind the Avo lineup of cigars. And Avo had a great saying. He would tell me, savor every note. Well, one cigar that I can tell you, you will savor every puff, savor every note, is the Avo Heritage. It was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar. Strength, complexity, impeccable smoothness, nice notes of spice. If you are looking for a cigar that delivers full-bodied richness, impeccable smoothness, savor every note of the spice-laden Avo heritage. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Last week in St. Louis, a TV anchor and radio host had a meltdown between or during a commercial break. Vic Faust is the gentleman's name, and his co-host on a radio show, Crystal Cooper. The outburst occurred last week on 100.7 FM KFNS, The Viper, a hard rock station. He is the TV anchor of the Fox 2 affiliate, the, the, the Fox 2 station in St. Louis. I think he anchors the 5 o'clock and the 9 o'clock, which is the equivalent of the 6 and the, correction, I think the 5 and the 10, which is the equivalent of the 6 and the 11 p.m. newscasts on the East Coast. Those are the big newscasts. But he also is the co-host on 100.7 FM St. Louis, The Viper, from 8 to 10 a.m. on their morning drive show called The Edge. He regularly hosts that show with other personalities. Now, he has been the anchor of KTVI, Fox 2, the local Fox affiliate, since 2015. And he has been hosting this show, the radio show, apparently for a while. And apparently, during the final commercial break, around 9.50 a.m., a week ago Tuesday, there was a epic meltdown by Vic Faust, who used to, I believe he was the former quarterback of the University of Missouri football team. Sergeant Steve, I'll have you look that up. I know he played on the University of Missouri football team, but I can't remember his position. But I think he was the quarterback. I could be wrong. But in any event, this guy is known in St. Louis, known in Missouri. So he hosts not only the TV newscast, but also the morning show. So he's doing double duty. Who knows whether he woke up on, didn't get enough sleep the night before. Who knows? In any event, he had an epic meltdown. Now, it went on for about five minutes. I'm only going to play a couple of minutes. It's Unfortunately, it's beeped out. I would have played the soundbite without the, the beeping of the, of the uh, vulgar words out because I just believe, look, we're, 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 a, we're an adult podcast. 
and we give people warning and tell people, look, this is not suitable for work. This is for adults. There is suggestive language. But the newspaper that got a hold of this audio, and it was leaked by somebody at the station, clearly, either a producer, somebody in management, who knows? Could have been the co-host, but it was definitely leaked. Not surprising when you hear the tirade. So let's take a listen. We'll play the first couple of minutes. Sergeant Steve, this is Vic Faust of KFNS 100.7 FM, The Viper. Wasn't. Going after his co-host. Listen, you're a <laughs> fat, <laughs> nasty, <laughs> and you right. don't bring up <laughs> on air when I have you like your that. back. You're a fat, fat. I don't care if you're here Be or not. like that, guys. Come on, man. Serious? I let it go yesterday. But you it's called me right. stupid for the because second time. Who brought time. up the stupid subject? You it wasn't called, a stupid you subject. You were making fun of me because I was dealing with the computer. Chris was too. It wasn't just no, me. No, Chris he wasn't. was. Yes, he said. Oh he my God, it's going to be here anything. in three weeks. He didn't say anything on air. Yes, he did. Go back and you listen. He was laughing when you I did it. Have a history it. of attacking me on air. And Chris no, I knows. don't. You have a history of attacking no, me on air. Are you kidding? You and your big fat looking at. Don't come back. Really? You're not my boss. I come. And I'll call you a every day. Okay, good for you. Self-righteous. That's me. And every day that you come in this studio, I will call you what you are. Oh, fat, nasty bitch. And okay. the only reason you have this Vic, job Vic, is because of me. Vic, stop. Okay. Stop. Wow. wow. I've told Chris I, I, five I, times I about. Understand. And by the way, I reported your nasty five times to Chris about what you do on this radio. You attack me constantly. What if constantly. I done five different times? You've attacked me four or five times, and Chris. I've said, never yes. attacked you. You've yelled at me twice, and this the is the second is time in break now. The problem is, is that you think that whatever you do is right. No, I don't. I, shut, I will totally own your it. You're up. literally you explaining no yourself. reason to bring up it to attack me on air yesterday, and you did. I did not attack you. Grow the it, up. You grow up. You grow up. I'm not yeah. acting like an immature Fucking, you started and you always it's have to bad the radio when you keep bringing it's up your computer. It's bad radio when you, you don't even know radio. Yes, I do. You're a dumb Okay, I'm a dumb You don't even know the topics we talk about because you're okay. stupid. Okay. You think you're special because you went to Villa, but you're nothing. Okay, I think you're talking about yourself. Okay. You're trash. Okay, grow up. <laughs> you don't attack other people on air. All right, Sergeant don't Steve, I've heard enough. I mean, you don't attack other people on the air. You make it into a bit. That's what radio is. You have the yin and the yang. By the way, the female co-host, she started in May. She quit that day after the show. She quit. Now, if I were the station, I'd say, don't quit. Vic Faust is fired. And by the way, the TV station, a day or two later, got rid. Well, actually, when the audio came out, so it was about a week later, they fired him too. He's done. Now, I'm sorry. For him to say, you made fun of me because of the computer, because I don't know how to use the computer. Is that not reeking of wussified betaness? I mean, saying to her, you tag me on the air. You make it into a bit. You have fun with it. You say, yeah, I don't know how to use the computer. I mean, that's, Sergeant Steve, you have, not only have you played a program director on TV, you have actually been a program director in the radio broadcasting business. That is correct. You have dealt with numerous personalities, and the reality is not every personality, is. even though they may have a great on-air rapport, they may not get along off the air. 
Most probably do, but many don't. But nonetheless, as professionals, you know, you've got it. You're there to entertain, put on a show. And as a program director, you make these things into a bit. What would you tell your talent if all of a sudden they came and said, well, she's she's making fun of me because I don't know how to use the computer. That's exactly what she said. Grow up. Exactly. Bingo. Now, did you ever have a situation like this, uh, Sergeant Steve, where you had, you know, one anchor or one host just going off on the other like crazy? I've had co-hosts that got into tiffs and that not quite like that, or at least not that I was privy to. I mean, yeah, I'm that was sure. way over the top. I mean, oh, you're, you're personally attacking me. You're attacking me on the air. You're making fun of me. I mean, come on. That is That reeks of being a wussified beta. You make fun of it. Things happen on the air, and you bring it into the show. I've had many instances where something happened during the show, whatever it was, on the air, either with a caller or a guest or whatever the case is, you you make light of it. You turn that into a bit. You make that part of the entertainment. And that's really, if you're not, and, and listening to this guy off the air, it's very clear. I, I heard his, as he wrapped up the show, I'm not going to play that, Talk about inauthentic. All of a sudden, he just turns it on and says, hey, great that you could join us. Thanks for coming. Hey, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Not so fast. There was no more tomorrow for him. Now, of course, after he gets fired from the radio gig at the Viper, I kind of like that name, the Viper, very alpha. And then after he gets fired at his, at the TV station where he was a co-anchor, I mean, this guy was making serious jack. Between both gigs, no doubt about it. Of course, he posts to social media issuing an apology. I am very sorry. My words hurt Crystal, my colleagues and family. I made a huge mistake and I'm ashamed. As I work to earn trust again, I hope we can have an open dialogue about respect in the workplace and forgiveness. My mistake is not my kids. Please respect their privacy. I mean, come on. To say, let's have an open dialogue about respect in the workplace. And Look, you called her fat, stupid, nasty. I think he called her a bitch. I think he may have called her a couple of other derogatory terms. He went after her personally. That you don't do. Look, if you don't have the on-air chemistry, you're not happy. But the mere fact that he got set off because she made light of the fact that he didn't know how to use the computer... That's a, I mean, that's great radio right there. I mean, you go after somebody. And if he was self-deprecating, he would have said, yeah, I, listen, I'm like tons of the other people in the audience. I don't know how these stupid things work. And I guarantee you, 50 to 60% of his, his audience could definitely relate to that. But instead, he just goes nuts. And all he proved was he was a wussified beta because she made fun of me because I didn't know how to use the computer. And she attacked me on the air. Two of the lamest excuses I have ever heard. If you are an alpha male with big giant nads, you have fun with it. You turn that into a funny bit. I don't care who attacks you on the air. And if somebody legitimately attacks you on the air, that's a different story. Then you can make that also into a bit. You go back and forth. But this guy reeks of being a wussified beta. Who's going to touch this guy now? Nobody. Nobody. If he was having a bad day or whatever the case was, you know what? He should have just walked out of the studio. 
or just sucked it up until after the show was done and then talked to her. But I mean, come on, to go after her personally, you're fat, you're a lousy mother, I've already talked to the program director five times, don't come back, you're not going to be here. I'm just shocked that, that the co-host, Crystal Cooper, quit that same day. If I was the program director and the GM, I would have said, let's go out to lunch. We're going to talk about this. You're staying. You're part of the, you're part of the show. He's out. We'll find a suitable co-host for you. Oh, and by the way, we're going to give you a little raise. Because I guarantee you now she's sitting on probably a potential lawsuit. Now that's legitimate harassment, what he did. And he should have been fired. The guy was a wussified beta male. End of discussion. A real alpha would have just sloughed it off. Like, no big deal. A number of years ago, I told you that there was a uh, history museum exhibition featuring the legendary Prime Minister of Great Britain, Britain Sir Winston Churchill. Known for his cigars, his whiskey, his straight talk, leading Great Britain through World War II. And during that exhibition, there was a very famous picture of Winston Churchill where he is giving the victory sign, the V. He's got a cigar in his mouth. He's chomping on a cigar. He's wearing like a, a, a top hat. And he's got in his left hand, he's flashing the V sign for victory. Well, the museum had a giant poster of him, that same picture, above the entrance to the exhibition. Huge. But there was one thing missing, the cigar. It was photoshopped out. Revisionist history. And I always say revisionist history is extremely dangerous. If somebody smokes cigars or smokes cigarettes or had a drink in his hand, you keep it there. What harm is that doing to anyone? Revisionist history can be used to the extreme where you can say, well, you know, this, you know, uh, World War II, Adolf Hitler, well, he wasn't that bad. Well, well, a little revisionist history. Revisionist history is dangerous. You don't screw with history. History is history. What took place is how exactly what took place is exactly how it should be reported on or remembered years down the road. Pure and simple. Well, there's been a wave. Started with the Winston Churchill exhibition where they photoshopped out his cigar. I remember that the Tampa Bay Rays, Sergeant Steve, you are, you'll remember this since you're a big Rays fan. I know you uh, do some engineering for the Tampa Bay Rays. Do you remember when they had their throwback and they had the Tampa Bay Smokers or the Tampa Smokers jersey they wore for a game? I this do. has got to be maybe five, six years ago. At least that long, yeah. At least. The Tampa Smokers, there was the Tampa Tarpons and the Tampa Smokers. They were well-known teams. So since, you know, the Tampa Bay Rays aren't that old, it's not like the, uh, you know, the, the Cincinnati Reds or it's not like the Boston Red Sox where you go back 100 years with a throwback. They honored some of the old teams that played in Tampa. And the Tampa Bay Smokers were one of them. And the logo had Smokers in script, and then underneath it had like a cigar. There was like the way the S came around from the Smokers, it, it, it went from the right back to the left, and there was a cigar. 
Well, when the Rays released the uniform, they changed the logo to remove the cigar. And I made a big deal about it. One of the TV stations had contacted me about it. And I said, that's revisionist history. And the reason the Tampa Bay Rays did that is because they were worried that smoke-free Florida, which at the time was spending $750,000 in advertising and promotion money with the Tampa Bay Rays to have a giant, big giant uh, billboard in the outfield and, and within the stadium basically saying, you know, smoke-free Tampa and I think, or smoke-free Florida, and I believe they also may have run some ads in their radio or their TV, which the Rays were involved with. Now, instead of saying this is history, do you think anybody from smoke-free Florida would have said, look, we have a problem with you wearing a throwback jersey called the Tampa Bay Smoke or the Tampa Smokers, and it had a cigar in there. No, the team says that's just history. What many people don't realize is that the Tampa Rays, Tampa Bay Rays, for many years there was the Questore Cigar Lounge that was a very popular place in at Tropicana Field. Well, when the smoke-free Florida ad buy came in, lo and behold, they went to the Newman's at Questore, J.C. Newman's Cigar, and said, well, we don't want to call it a cigar bar anymore. We'll just call it the Questore Lounge, not the Questore you know, cigar, bar, cigar Bar Cigar Lounge. Now, if it were me, I would have said, you know what? You can take your lounge and shove it up your, your revisionist history asses. But instead, they reworked the deal, and it still was called, I think, the Questore Lounge. I think that deal has since expired. I don't know. But the mere fact that a team would capitulate for an advertiser that most realistically would have said nothing. And then the team said, oh, well, we just wanted to modernize the Tampa Bay or the Tampa Smokers jersey. Bullshit. They lied. The Rays are good at that. They lied. Instead of coming out saying, we capitulated because we've got a big sponsor in tobacco-free Florida or smoke-free Florida, so we decided to appease them, we would not put a cigar on the logo. Now, Tampa is known as the Cigar City. Every mayor in this town, going way back, has always embraced cigars. They know the history, the importance of cigars to this community. Governors. Politicians, they all know the history. Nobody has ever said, oh, we're just so offended by that. In fact, the Outback Bowl, what's no longer... Sergeant Steve, what are they going to call that? Do we know? It, you, it was the Outback Bowl for like 20 years. Now it's the ReliaQuest Bowl. Okay, what is ReliaQuest? Uh, like cybersecurity type stuff. Oh, okay. There you go. So the ReliaQuest Bowl, but for many years, this was the Outback Bowl. During the, the signing ceremony, the it's, it's really a... Just a, a commemorative ceremony where the head coach from each team comes in, they stand with the trophy, they shake each other's hands, they sign the you know a big contract, you know like uh, uh, they each sign it and they show it to the media, and they're given various gifts, including a box of Tampa cigars, and I believe they've been diamond crowns, as J.C. Newman cigars headquartered here in the Cigar City of Tampa, and every head coach, most every head coach says, what's the most, what's the Favorite part of the Outback Bowl, they say the cigars. No problem. No big deal. But revisionist history 
is now rearing its ugly head again with HBO Max. They are starting to remove cigars and cigarettes from some of the posters displayed for old movies on the HBO Max catalog. For example, when you go on HBO Max and you're looking for a movie, so let's say you put in whatever, you put in, um, you know, westerns or you put in action, you know, there'll always be those, those little poster tiles where you'll see the original poster of what the movie looked like and they miniaturize it and you click on it and you can watch it. Well, a number of people spotted that there were changes made to Warren Beatty's 1971 film McCabe and Mrs. Miller, as well as Paul Newman's 1972 movie The Life and Times of Judge Roy Bean, where either a cigar or a cigarette was removed from one of the characters on the poster. So, for example, in uh, one of the posters that they had, actually Kirk Douglas's 1970 film There Was a Crooked Man, there was actually, he had a, a, in between his fingers, he actually had a cigar. Well, they photoshopped the cigar out, and all you see is his two fingers up looking like a miniature V because they, somebody at HBO Max decided that they didn't like the fact that any sort of tobacco product was used or shown, so they decided to engage in revisionist history and remove the cigars and the cigarettes. Now, it hasn't been done for all the movies. HBO Max was approached by a number of media firms asking to comment, and so far, they have not responded to comment. Now, it may not be a company directive. It's probably some schlub in the art department or in programming or in charge of the design of the app that said, well, I don't believe in smoking. And therefore, we're going to remove all the references. If there's a picture of a cigarette or a character with a cigar, we're going to remove it. Revisionist history. Very slippery slope. Very dangerous to engage in that. And now you've got these movie posters that look stupid because you're seeing a guy holding his two hands up with nothing in between it. The political correctness movement in this country... You can say, well, I don't like cigars, or I may not like whiskey or alcoholic beverage, so I have no problem with them photoshopping it out. Well, if you think it's going to stop just at cigars or cigarettes or alcohol, you better think again. Once you give people, especially the ultra-leftist, socialist, Marxist pricks, the license to photoshop and revise history, they're going to revise everything. They're going to revise World War II history. They will revise America. They're already trying to revise American history, saying, oh, slavery started in 1619. Very, very dangerous, slippery slope. History is history. You may not like all history, but that's how it goes. You don't rewrite the past. You don't rewrite the actualities that took place, whether it was 1,000 years ago 200 years ago, 100 years ago, 10 years ago, a year ago, a day ago, or an hour ago. What took place, took place. So I hope HBO Max gets to the bottom of it, and we'll keep an eye on it to see if they actually change it back. But it's almost as if Americans are so stupid that, oh, they just see somebody smoking a cigar or a cigarette that they're going to run out and smoke cigarettes. It is ridiculous. 
Now, there's one other item that I wanted to get to today. I, I tell you what, I want to hold that next week because it is a subject which I want to devote significant time. We've always heard that, oh, we need to raise the smoking age to 21, the alcohol age to 21. We have to raise uh, the, 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 you name it, whatever age, somebody doesn't like something, whether it's gun ownership, it's, it's alcohol, it's cigars, tobacco, we're going to raise it to 21. Well, we've got several instances of now things that are taking place where all of a sudden the ultra-leftists have no problem lowering the age. And one of it has to do with gender reassignment. And the hypocrisy is rampant. I'll talk about that next week. But when we come back, I will end things on a rather humorous note. Final and concluding segment of this edition of The Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. Question I receive most from connoisseurs. General, what is the newest cigar that I should try? Easy answer. Right now, it's the Gurkha Revenant. Very unique addition to the Gurkha portfolio. It comes in two different wrappers, a Corojo or a San Andrean Maduro wrapper. But what is unique about the Gurkha Revenant? It uses essentially the same Cameroon binder and some broadleaf in the filler. So you're going to get some unique sweetness. You're going to get some unique spice. The San Andres Maduro wrapper adds more sweetness with a little bit more of a unique complexion, whereas the Corojo, more of a medium-bodied balanced smoke. Try one of each. You can't go wrong. The brand-new Gurkha Revenant, available in Corojo and San Andres Maduro wrapper. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. Be sure to subscribe to our brother podcast, Bold Alpha, where we talk the alpha male lifestyle, including cigars, libations, technology, grilling, politics, and more. Search Bold Alpha anywhere you listen to podcasts and hit subscribe. I had the pleasure of knowing the late, great Avo Uvesian, the man behind the Avo lineup of cigars. And Avo had a great saying. He would tell me, savor every note. Well, one cigar that I can tell you, you will savor every puff, savor every note, is the Avo Heritage. It was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar. Strength, complexity, impeccable smoothness, nice notes of spice. If you are looking for a cigar that delivers full-bodied richness, impeccable smoothness, savor every note of the spice-laden Avo heritage. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Finally, in a bit of irony, the COO, the chief operating officer of Beyond Meat, who joined the company in December of 2021, not even a year ago, formerly he was the president of the global McDonald's business for Tyson Foods, held other executive posts with their poultry business. Gentleman's name is Doug Ramsey, 53 years of age from Fayetteville, Arkansas. Arkansas. I just like calling it Arkansas. In fact, if you ask somebody from Mississippi, what's the name of that state? They'll tell you. Or Alabama, they'll say Arkansas. Just kidding. No need to tweet. No need to send me emails. We all have senses of humor as alphas. But Doug Ramsey had attended an Arkansas game between Arkansas and uh, what's the other team he was? Uh, let me see. Hold on a second here. I'm trying to see. Oh, I can't see who the, what the other team was. But in any event, 
He attended the Arkansas game, which Arkansas is located in Fayetteville, having a good season. This was last Saturday night, so a week ago. He had a little meltdown in the parking lot. Actually, it was Arkansas beating Missouri State. Now, this is now the chief operating officer of Beyond Meat. Clearly, Mr. Ramsey, now that he is working for a vegan, fake, faux meat company full of soy and sodium and all the other shit that goes into those fake meat patties, he clearly had a craving for meat. Because after the football game, he got into a skirmish with another gentleman and ended up biting the other person's nose. You can't make this up. He actually ripped the flesh off the tip of the other guy's nose. Now, I have heard of a man craving meat, and clearly, Doug Ramsey of the CEO, correction, COO, Chief Operating Officer of Beyond Meat, clearly has been missing meat. But to go and have to bite the flesh off a nose of a human, another human, just give the man a freaking steak. You can't make this up. And see how miserable the guy is? He goes from working with a poultry company, nice tasty chicken, mm, chicken wings, chicken breasts, to going to work for Beyond Meat, phony soy patties, fake meat. Ech. And his craving is so much and he's so miserable that he has to resort to flesh, to meat any way he can get it. And clearly he had a taste for human nose, nasal flesh. Can't make it up. Moral of the story, never leave an executive gig with a poultry or a meat company to go work for Beyond Meat or some other phony meat, fake meat company, vegan company. Ugh, every time I go by the, the case and I see people buying it, I go, you know what's in there? Uh, no, it's, but, it, but it's good. It tastes good. I go, look at the ingredients. Soy, soy meal, pea meal, sodium, you know, all these chemicals you can't even name. It's garbage. It's junk. In fact, it's so bad that McDonald's dumped the Beyond Meat burgers because they, were, they weren't selling. People initially were all excited, but the vegans, they're not going to support that. They go in, try it, they never came back. They'd rather have the real thing. So to the COO Beyond Meat, find a job working for a meat company, a real meat company, poultry company. Don't give in to becoming a vegan. Clearly, it has caused massive brain damage of this individual, a psychological need to go and eat the flesh off another man's nose. Can't make that up. All right, as always, don't forget, make sure that you subscribe to the Scar Dave Show. Give us a five-star review. Bold Alpha, our brother podcast, every Thursday we drop our weekly spirit celebration. Next week we're going to be doing, to wrap up National Bourbon Heritage Month, celebrating American whiskeys, we will be doing a single barrel tasting. We've got six different, six or seven different single barrel samples that Tommy Diadio of the Corona Cigar Store and Lounges in Orlando and Tampa will be joining us or joining me. We will sample them and we will pick one barrel that we will buy and we will end up selling on premise as well as off premise at Corona Cigar for 
the fourth quarter. So we will pick it out, and you will be able to buy that. You'll be able to sample that if you uh, frequent any of the Corona cigar stores. And we're going to go through the whole process, what we taste, the nuances. That is next Thursday. With that, Cigar Dave, the general, saying, Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Red Wave, November 8th, Election Day. Go Bills. Go Cuse. Go Orangemen. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Squish the fish down the Miami Flippers. Go Bills.